You are now tuned in to the Addicted to Success.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next level game changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on Addicted to Success.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and today I have Steve Cam on the line. He is the rebel leader of Nerd Fitness, uh, which is an exciting uh, movement, and he's going to get into that with you. He also has a book that has just come out called Level Up Your Life, How to Unlock Adventure and Happiness by Becoming the Hero of Your Own Story. Now, I know, uh, Steve, you've had... uh, a lot of exposure online. I see your name all over the place. I see you've got something like nearly between both of your accounts, you've got around about 40,000 something Twitter followers and you've got a lot of reach there. You've got a lot of fans of followers, which is great, man. Welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast and uh, thanks for jumping on the uh, show. Yeah, Joel, thanks so much for having me, man. It's uh, it's truly a pleasure and I'm excited to share some stories and, and hopefully pass along some, uh, some fun experiences that can help uh, anybody listening uh, live a life of adventure too. So can you tell us a little bit about nerd fitness? Like how did this all come about, your, your whole movie? <laughs> yeah, very simple actually. I was, uh, this is, let's say about seven years ago. Maybe, actually, geez, at this point it was about eight years ago. Um, I was working a regular desk job like everybody else and I had spent... Uh, most of high school and, and university trying to get fit and, and kind of going through the motions of learning how to get, uh, learning how to exercise. And after, after finishing school, I went and got a regular job, but consistently fell in love with this idea of getting stronger and bigger and helping other people do the same. So I thought there was going to be a fun opportunity for me to help other people kind of skip the six years of mistakes and, and ups and downs that I had gone through and help them get started on a path to living healthier. And as a proud nerd, you know, I've built computers and have read Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter a bazillion times and still to this day continue to love to play video games as often as I can. I thought there was a fun opportunity for me to specifically help uh, nerds that were interested in getting fit. As I was a social group I was a part of and uh, a a group of people that I thought was very underserved in the online space uh, as far as helping them get fit. So I bought nerdfitness.com and just started writing articles. And I wasn't sure how it was going to become a business or if it was ever going to become a business. Uh, I just wanted to help people. So I started writing articles and was working the full-time day job and come home every night and write articles and connect with readers. and. You know, in those over the course of those eight years or seven and a half years, uh, the site has gone from just me and a blog to now a worldwide community of I think we're about to pass or we just passed like three hundred thousand uh, email subscribers, and it's all been grown uh, completely organically. I have yet to spend a single dollar on on ads up to this point, which is pretty exciting. So it's all been done through word of mouth or people stumbling across it on Google. And it's been very fun to watch people now help each other get fit. So it started as me and a blog, and it has since become this really epic community of people all over the globe uh, helping each other get fit. Uh, Steve, man, much respect to you as well for building it organically. You know, I think it's easy to just go and put a ton of money down on uh, AdWords or 
you know, Facebook or any place like that and, and get a lot of traffic. But yeah, if you've built it organically, you've got those true fans, those true followers. Uh, we've done something similar with Addicted to Success as well. So I love hearing that. And anybody that's listening right now that has a blog or has, uh, you know, an online presence, just hang in there. Put out good quality content and hang in there because the true fans will come through. Yeah, that was actually, uh, it, it's fun. I think if I had money, I probably would have tried to spend it on ads and get more readers. But the fact of the matter was my day job didn't pay me a lot of money. I had a great job, but it didn't pay me very well. And so my only option was to to grow fans organically by producing as high quality content as I could in in a really unique way and presenting people with stuff that they couldn't find anywhere else. And then just connecting and helping people and literally growing the audience one person at a time and uh, since then, it has significantly picked up speed, but in the first nine months, things were very slow, and I was working almost with people one-on-one, asking them what they wanted to read and how they wanted uh, me to help them and serve them. So it's been a long, slow crawl, but every new reader is always exciting to me, and uh, to this day, honestly, the fact that anybody reads anything I write is still exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I can hear that you're so grateful, man. I can hear it in your voice, so. Good on you. Thank and, you very much. And it's awesome that you found this niche, that you've discovered this and you bit the bullet and you said, stuff it, I'm going to do this. Nerd fitness, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't know. Something, something just called to me. And I remember the very first email I got was from a guy named Evan who lived in San Francisco. And he was like, hey, man, I just stumbled across nerd fitness and I loved your article on The Legend of Zelda. And I you know, started reading it and I'm now down 10 pounds as a result. I hope you keep it up. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it's not just my friends reading this anymore, but it's actual other people that I'm helping live better lives. And like that from that first email, I was freaking hooked. I was like, I someday, somehow, will turn this into a business. I don't know how, I don't know when, but this is it. Like this is what I'm meant to do and this is how I can make the you know, kind of make my dent in the universe somehow, eventually, and uh, well on our way at this point, which is which is fun. Excellent, man. Excellent. And uh, you mentioned before that you teach nerds how to become fit. How do you do that? Do, do you get them to kind of integrate uh, lifting dumbbells while they're sitting there playing Xbox? Or <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it's funny. It's actually the all of the exercise that we promote. And I say we at Nerd Fitness. We're now actually, I have a team of eight people that work full time with me on Nerd Fitness. So everything I say comes from the perspective of we, just because we are, we're all in this together and Anytime I say we, I feel like that's because I'm a small part of the community. So that's where the the we and us comes in. Um, the philosophy that we preach the nerd fitness is actually very kind of old school. You know, it's old school barbell training like squats and deadlifts and bodyweight exercises like push-ups and pull-ups. So it's very basic information. It's just presented in a way that appeals to people that would probably never go to a normal fitness website. So, for example, this past month we put out a workout called uh, the Green Arrow Workout, you know, and Save Star City. So uh, last month I think we had a workout on Lord of the Rings. Month before that there was a, an article about eating better, and that was coming at it from the perspective of uh, Game of Thrones. So we take all of these really fun, nerdy pop culture references or uh, video games that I grew up playing and have used those games and books and movies as inspiration or extended metaphors to uh, to get across the message of how to train properly and how to eat properly. And that all kind of ties into the, the book I put together called Level Up Your Life. But 
it's this idea of looking at your life like a video game and yourself being a character in that game. So you're not going to the gym to go, you know, uh, run like crazy on a treadmill. You might be running from zombies or you're not uh, going just to, to, to strength train, but every time you hit the gym and, and do one extra pull up or deadlift an extra 10 pounds, you're gaining strength as an attribute for your character. So it kind of, it's a mental uh, reframing of what you're doing. You're not doing it because you have to, but you get to the point where you're doing these things because you want to, and you're excited to see what you're capable of this week compared to what you were capable of last week. Yeah, oh, I love that concept, man. So apart from using like metaphors and analogies that relate to video games and pop culture, uh, how else can we find balance in our life? From looking at your pictures and seeing you know, how you operate, you travel the world, you look super fit, you look like you focus on many areas of your life. So how can we also find that balance that you have? Absolutely. Well, uh, it's funny. People ask me all the time, hey, I would love to travel, but I don't have the time. Or, uh, oh man, it would be so cool if I could run a marathon, but I don't have time to do that until things get less busy. You know, I have people that email me saying things like, uh, I'm interested in getting fit, but my wife is not interested or my husband's not interested. Can you give them the motivation and to those people, I say, like, guys, I'm, I'm not necessarily more motivated than, than, than they are. I just found a framework that works for me. So I am personally, I'm like, unsurprisingly, horribly addicted to playing video games. I spent most of high school and all of college playing a game called EverQuest, which was like the precursor to World of Warcraft. It's this online multiplayer game that will suck up. 40, 50, 60 hours a week of your life if you're not careful. And I dumped so much time into this game. After that, I'm sure anybody listening can relate to watching some TV show on Netflix or watching a, a show online. And next thing you know, you've watched like eight episodes and your entire Saturday is gone. It's like, how the, where the heck did, where the heck did today go? Like, what happened to those things I've always wanted to do? So I got very specific and I identified the things that were very important to me. And I ruthlessly cut out all the things that didn't line up with those goals. And so let's say, for example, I uh, just over the past year while, uh, while writing this book, I wanted to learn how to play the violin, even though it was a very difficult instrument to learn. I eliminated every step I could between me and learning to play the violin. And I made it very difficult for me to do any time-wasting activity that didn't line up with that particular goal. So... Like I canceled cable, I uninstalled Netflix, I got Facebook off of my phone, I uh, you know, removed everything from that aspect of my life. I spent 20 bucks to rent a violin, I signed up for $30 violin lessons once a week, and I bought a $10 violin stand that I put in the middle of my living room. So all of a sudden, anytime I went anywhere in my apartment, I had to walk past that violin and see it staring at me. So uh, more often than not, uh, I would pick the thing up and play it. So although I was never, quote unquote, motivated to play the violin, I restructured my, my, my habitat. My, you know, in the book, I think I call it my bat cave, like kind of upgraded my bat cave so that it was very difficult for me to stray and very easy for me to work on the thing that I had said I always wanted to do. So that's just an example for music, but uh, up until, you know, let's say, I think it was maybe five or six years ago, I'd never traveled outside of North America, and I always said, man, I always wanted to travel. But I don't have time to do it, I can't afford to do it, whatever. And through nerd fitness and through this idea of gamification and leveling up, 
I thought to myself, like, well, what if I prioritized adventure? And what if I made those trips a focal point of, of, of my existence? Like, what if I made that journey something that had to happen? What would have to happen otherwise? Uh, so I identified the places I wanted to go. I got very specific, identified exactly how much money those things would cost me. I set up online savings accounts, so it automatically pulled money from my checking account, so I didn't even see it, and I was never tempted to spend it on useless stuff. Uh, I stopped spending money uh, on things that were no longer important to me, and all that extra money went into this idea that life was an adventure, and it actually ended up culminating in me traveling around the world. I spent all of 2011 living out of a backpack, building nerd fitness, and crossing like two dozen things off of my my giant bucket list, which I decided to call my epic quest of awesome because I thought that sounded way nerdier than just a bucket list. <laughs> yes, I love that. The epic quest of awesome. Beautiful, man. <laughs> Beautiful. So look, your book's coming out very soon, very soon. It's just about to drop actually. And it's called Level Up Your Life. Now, can you tell me what are you most excited about that's in this book? What is something that you want to share with us that you just like, I, I can't wait for this message to get out there? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, honestly, this book is something I've wanted to write for a while, and I just I, I couldn't work up the courage to actually put it all together. I, I was kind of nebulous in my, in my thoughts of what the book could be. Just like anybody that says, I want to travel, like that's a, that's a very vague goal. But if you say, I want to run... I want to participate in Tomatina in Spain. It's like, okay, now we have a very specific goal. I always said I wanted to write a book, and it wasn't until I got very specific with the type of book I wanted to write um, that it finally started to take shape for me. So the thing that I'm most excited about, honestly, is in my research for this book and and sharing the ideas of it and and starting to write it, I fell in love with the idea of the hero's journey. And it's a concept that every great story in history all follows a very similar story arc. You know, you are a person of ordinary means that has this call to action or something happens in their life. They meet a mentor. They go on into this extraordinary world where they face obstacles and recruit allies and defeat some epic boss or, uh, you know, discover something about themselves and they return home a changed person. And I thought back to all my favorite stories from Star Wars to Harry Potter to King Arthur to, uh, you know, and anything and everything in between. And I realized that I was kind of living my life while following that same journey. So I'm very excited. You know, the whole book takes the reader through this concept of the hero's journey. The reader is the hero. I get to be the mentor. And the book is the call to action. And it provides you with like a very specific framework to follow backed in behavioral psychology research and, and, and studies to help you finally do the things you've said you've always wanted to do and haven't been able to do or haven't had the time or the money or the resources to do. Like It gives you a very specific set of steps and, and things to follow to actually make those things happen. So I've been writing nerd fitness articles for, like I said, seven years now. But this book is truly like a, a personal journey to me it, it kind of chronicles my journey of traveling around the world and how I did it. Uh, the writing the book itself felt like a hero's journey to me because I'd never written anything of this length and worked on a singular project for so long. So I'm just I'm just excited to share the story with with people. Uh, I like many spent the first half of my 
years out of college, in my first, you know, the first five years out of college, early half of my 20s, working a job I didn't like, uh, you know, drinking too much at nights to avoid the job I didn't like, and spending too much time playing video games to, to hopefully forget the upcoming week that I was going to have that I wasn't excited about. And I, I finally kicked things into gear and made some changes and and, and took some steps so that now I get to live a life that I'm excited about and fill it up with stories that I can't wait to tell my eventual grandkids and, and uh, you know, d- truly wake up happy and, and go to bed proud. And I think far too many people are just kind of caught in this drifting kind of existence of they go to work, they come home, they drink to forget the day, they stay up too late, they wake up, wake up uh, tired or hungover, they then chug a pot of coffee to to get to work and and whatever and there's it's just like this kind of vicious cycle and I'm hoping this book breaks it for a lot of people and it, it kind of covered how I broke it for myself and to use a nerdy analogy kind of how I broke free of the matrix and got to exist outside of it and hoping the book is a chance for other people to discover this side of themselves that they want they weren't aware of either yeah yeah no good on you good on you Steve yeah, it's that uh, hamster wheel of life, isn't it? Just sitting in that hamster wheel for most of your life, working for somebody else to make a, a, a bigger paycheck than you ever get if you don't leave that hamster wheel. So uh, it's, it's great tough, right? People. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough man. because so many people, it's it's the norm now. It's the norm and, and here in the States, it's also, you know, I think it goes hand in hand with the unhealthy foods and, and kind of like the, the lethargic lifestyle that is now normal like uh, it's it's weird to for many people like oh i'm gonna go uh, like i work a day job but i also happen to run in a marathon club like that's really interesting to me i remember talking to some friends and telling them i wanted to learn to play the violin and they looked at me like i had six heads they're like <laughs> like you're, you're like 30 like who just start, who just picks up the violin at 30 like what what is wrong with you i'm like i don't know it looks like fun and i want to do it so I did, and I, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, I, I share 13 stories throughout the book of men and women, young and old, divorced and single, with kids, not with, without kids, uh, from people of all walks of life that have found a way to kind of create an alter ego of themselves as well. And they still have regular jobs. They still have to pay the bills, which is perfectly fine. But then at night or in the afternoon or before work, they also have this superhero version of themselves that do really cool things. Like this one woman in the book uh, was a retired firefighter, and then she starts an iPhone app company and builds her first iPhone game, which is about fighting fires, which I thought was really fun. There's another guy that likes to go out in the woods and you know do parkour in the woods, and then he volunteers at a, a suicide prevention hotline. Like these are people that have identified what's important to them, and then reprioritized their lives around those things. So that hamster wheel does not define them. They might change jobs, but whatever, they've found a way to prioritize those things that are truly important and understand that all the rest of the crap that consumes so much of our free time is just freaking useless. And instead, they put that time to good use, doing things that make them happy, feel connected, improve other people's lives, and uh, set them up to, to, to do all those things that make them happy too. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So, you've been running your website for many years now, and you've written a lot of articles. Your team has written a lot of articles. Do you know what your top performing article is on your site? I do. The most popular article, well, it was for a number of years. I think it just recently switched. Um, 
but it was the beginner the beginner's guide to the paleo diet and i had written it back in 2010 it was an article encouraging and really educating people about what this idea of the paleo diet is because it was just back in 2010 it was a very foreign concept it was kind of eating like a caveman and only eating things that existed a long time ago and the article was like 3000 words long and ended up being like ranking one or two or three for paleo diet searches for a number of years and brought in a significant number of new readers that were interested in learning about it. And as a side result, learning a lot about nerve fitness and uh, becoming a part of our rebellion, which is what we call our community. Yeah. And that's the best way to do it. So you can get people organically where they find it and then they fall in love with your content. Wow. You've got them, man. You've got them. <laughs> well, also, yeah, and it was a lot, I'd say a lot of trial and error as well, but you know, I published two articles a week, every week, and I'm still writing a majority of them, two articles a week, every week for, I said, seven years now, and every week is an opportunity to learn something new, to write something more unique, to attack an old problem from a new angle, so it's uh, it's been a long journey of improving my writing, and like, if you go back and read the first few months of what I wrote and they're still available go back to the archives from 2009 they're uh, they're pretty terrible uh, <laughs> but I had to get through those months and learn what I was doing and 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 kind of suffer through those first few months of sucking at blogging until I finally figured it out and and have since grown since then but uh, I think just starting for me was probably the most important thing that I did yeah that's right and look if you didn't do all those articles maybe your book wouldn't be what it is today Absolutely. Like yeah, that, I mean, right? there's, yeah, there's a big part of the book, too, where I talk about, like, you have to be okay with being terrible at something. Like, so, yeah, actually, I, like, I share videos on uh, levelupyourlife.com of me playing violin, like, the first day that I got it. It is so bad. Like, I, it's painful to listen to. I look awkward. It's terrible. I'm like, I, I was almost, like, afraid to publish it, but I was like, nope, like, this is the first day of you doing something, and hopefully it encourages other people to go out and take a crappy dance lesson, to build a, build a really terrible bookshelf, to sing off-key, to write a terrible program in WordPress, to publish a terrible article online. Like, whatever it is, like, everybody starts at zero, everybody starts at level one, whatever it may be, and we have to get through the suck until we can get to, like, the, hey, not bad, and then, the hey, that's actually pretty good, and then you grow from there, but it's, uh, a lot of people are so... Of terrified of being terrible at something that they just don't even start to begin with and that's the, you can't do anything unless you take that first step so hopefully the book and the site and this this podcast right now will encourage people to not be afraid of being terrible at something we all are and I will gladly share plenty of stories of me being terrible at other things too <laughs> excellent man well I can't wait to read the book myself um, you know it's it's interesting that whole concept of living your life uh, like a video game. I feel that when you have like some form of an analogy or metaphor attached to something, it really helps you to uh, to shift your mindset. And I think a lot of people are sitting in a, in a fixed mindset. So if you can find something that really excites you, then that's going to move you a lot. Apart from video games and like the pop culture and, and everything else, what else fascinates you in life? What excites you? Ooh, great question. Um, I'm fascinated by learning. 
I just love to learn and know why things are the way that they are. Like if I if I go watch a movie, I'll come home and I'll read like plot discussion message boards for for that movie and and get the director's you know philosophy why he did the things that he did. Or if I'm if I learn about a song that I that I love on the radio, I'll come home and read the lyrics and and find an interview that the musician did about why he wrote it the way that he did. So I just love learning about things and doing the things the way they are. I probably read two books a week, uh, be they personal development or health and fitness, behavioral psychology. I'm just fascinated by the human brain and, and, and the motivations behind the reasons why we do what we do. You know, I just, I, I, Everybody knows they need to eat less and move more, but more often than not, people don't do those things. So it's like, what is actually happening in our brains causing us to not follow through with that? So I, I just love studying and, and learning and, and experimenting personally on myself as far as like if it's health and fitness or uh, experimentation with trying new content on a blog. Um, if it's doing research for an article, really digging into the the medical studies that that present results and seeing kind of how things evolve there so i don't know if like if people ask me like what my superpower is like, i think for me i'm just a, like a really good sponge like i can just absorb mm -hmm. tremendous amounts of information from a ton of different walks of life like i just love i love traveling i love to play music i love reading and i love learning from all of those things and i might not get to be that you know, Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours of an expert in any one of them in particular. But what's exciting for me is just learning new things and, and, and rapidly moving through them. So like I'm, I'm sitting in my apartment in New York now and I, I have a guitar next to me on one side. I have a piano on the wall behind me. I have a banjo and a violin and I have no idea how to play the banjo, but I'm excited to learn at some point. <laughs> I'm still learning how to play the violin. Uh, I just like learning stuff and acquiring skills and and you know, try to like make myself like a real life Jason Bourne and a real life Neo, and download skills quickly and see what can happen. So I just love to learn stuff. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was gonna say you're like the Indiana Jones of self education, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, like an archaeologist, exactly. just like digging for that extra info, just trying to find that thing, that underlying <laughs> thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and Indiana Jones is the perfect example. I think I. I read about him quite a bit in the book and on nerd fitness but he's a mild-mannered archaeology professor by day but in the afternoons he's he's pouring through manuscripts and reading uh reading old scrolls and planning his next swashbuckling you know globe trotting adventure that puts him in some crazy situation uh probably being chased by nazis figuring out what his next big thing is going to be so I, I think regardless of whether or not you've been able to start your own business yet uh, when I started, my alter ego was running nerd fitness at night while I worked a day job. And now my day job has become nerd fitness. So my night job has become me becoming a, a music playing, globe trotting, uh, Indiana Jones, Jason Bourne type character. And damn, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So how did you monetize nerd fitness? Uh, great question. Well, I... I I um, I looked at every other fitness website out there at the time when I started Nerd Fitness, and everybody else was writing short articles and um, 
just putting ads all over their site. It was just ads everywhere, ads for supplements, ad for weight loss pills, ads for the ab coaster, and ads for whatever gym. And I knew none of those things actually worked. Those things worked to make money for the advertisers, but they didn't actually help the reader. So uh, to this day, I still have yet to have a single ad on Nerd Fitness either. I spent 18 months just writing content and helping people and asking them what they wanted me to create for them uh, in exchange for me turning it into a business. So I'd say like, hey, thanks for reading Nerd Fitness. How else can I help you? And more often than not, they just kept saying, Steve, just give me a workout plan to follow and I'll pay you for it. I was like, well, hey, here's, here's a... Here's an article that tells you exactly how to build your own workout plan. And they're like, no, 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 no. If it's up to me, I won't do it. But if I pay you and you give me something to follow, I will actually do it. So after 18 months, I finally worked up the courage to, and had built up a sizable enough following that I actually quit that day job uh, before having made any money with Nerd Fitness and told the audience, like, hey guys, I'm quitting my day job right now. One month from now, I will put out my first ebook. If you're interested, sign up here. If you buy it, I would be most appreciative. If you buy it and don't like it, there is a lifetime money-back guarantee. I'm just hoping that this allows me to turn nerd fitness into a full-time job because I have found the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life. And I put the first ebook out, I said a month after I quit, hoping to sell like, I think I was hoping to sell like 40 copies. Like if I could sell 40 of these things, it was like, 40 bucks or something, 60 bucks. Uh, I'm sorry, no, it was about $40. I was like, if I can just sell 40 of these things this week, it'll buy me enough money to prove the concept and get me through a few weeks, and then, then I can pick up side jobs. And I think I ended up selling like 150 of them or 200 of them. I, I can't remember the exact number. But it bought me enough time to get me through, let's say, two months of living and having cut my expenses and and then from there, I was adding a second ebook, and then after that, I was adding a third one. Since then, it's evolved pretty dramatically where we now have online courses, we have an in-person camp, um, there's an iPhone app and things of that nature, but it all started with a, a small audience, me asking them what they wanted, and then building that exact thing and putting it out there and, and letting them know that it was available for sale, and, and it uh, kick-started the business and, and got me going. That's awesome, man. So you, you basically platform from one thing to another, just like a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was consistently leveling up from my first ebook to the next one to now courses and whatever. It was as if the business I was building was gamified and I was the character putting that business together. <laughs> oh, congratulations, man. That's awesome. I love it when you have like this set goal and you're like, I'm going to sell 40, but you hit like 150. That's you know what that's actually rare especially in the online space usually most people are, are like overshooting what they think they can actually uh get or what what is real to what they will actually uh get at the end of the day but uh yeah it looks like you've done really well with it congratulations that is awesome well, thank thank you very much and i think a big reason why i was able to overshoot my my goals one is because i was probably too ignorant to realize what kind of goals to actually set. Like I had no idea. Um, I was just like, "Hey, I hope you, hopefully you guys buy this," and and plenty of people did. But I also had, I, I think, realistic expectations in that I had spent 18 months building up goodwill and karma, and working my ass off every day for for 18 months, and 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 only then did I ask the audience for money. 
And I think far too many people these days are like, oh, cool, like make money online. Like I'll just start a website and then next week money starts shooting out my CD drive or, you know, <laughs> money starts shooting out my computer. It just starts going into my PayPal account. Uh, and, and then they get disappointed when they create a product and they put it for sale and nobody buys it. And they're like, this online thing is stupid. It's like, well, you know, you've been at it for a week. Maybe, maybe you need to be at it for a little while longer. Maybe you still need to work on your unique value proposition or whatever unique selling proposition. Maybe you just need to find more people and spend more time helping them and asking them what they want. I think it's very easy for people to see the allure of the online world and then just throw everything they have at it for a week and get disappointed when it doesn't work out that way. Uh, you know, I, Although it's only been eight years, in the, in the grand scheme of like a, a traditional business, eight years is very short. You know, eight years is still a long time in the online world. And it's been something that I've dedicated my life to for, for eight years. And for those year and a half, actually it's probably closer to two years, when I was building the business, I didn't ask for anything in those two years other than how else can I help you? And that's what allowed me to hone my message to... Uh, continue to grow the community to kind of give us an identity of who we we are as a community and what we stand for. So then when I put the ebook out, it wasn't even like a, it wasn't a weird ask. It was more of like a, it, it, honestly, I got, I get emails from people saying like, finally, Steve, I don't even need this, but I'm just going to buy it because I want to support what you're doing. Yes. And I remember that first day just bawling my eyes out. Like I just, I was so overwhelmed and excited and overjoyed with the ability to, to know that like, man, this thing I had been working so hard on was gonna allow me to pay my bills and give me a chance to work. And like I said, now the, the, the game has definitely changed and now it's, you know, there's eight employees and the, the community is gigantic and um, things have evolved, but how I feel about it and how excited I get interacting with people, I don't think has changed from from day one, and that's that's been really helpful for me too. I didn't get into it to make money and to start a business. I got into it, I got into it to help people, mm. and as a result of that, I think it allowed me to create things that you couldn't get anywhere else, and to really really show through the website that it's that's that's the most important thing to me. And unsurprisingly, that's probably what allowed me to build the business too. Yeah, beautiful, Steve. You know, I had an analogy a little while back which sat with me for quite a while and uh it was something along the lines of uh, and this applies to how you started your blog how i started my blog and how a lot of other people out there start their businesses that a rocket ship uses like 80 percent of its fuel to break through the earth's atmosphere and then it coasts off that last 20 percent i feel like that's what it's like especially in the online space when you're first starting you know making much money at all uh, unless you know you're, you're getting millions of uh, views on traffic and you've got ads up, but apart from that, I mean, it's 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 tough, man. It's really tough, but it eventually pays off. Yeah, it's a uh, it's like uh, almost like Gladwell's the tipping point, or mm. you know, like there's you, you do all this work and and all it, it's it's like kind of watching a a building get constructed, you know, like a big a big building in a city, and if it's going to take two years, like the first. 18 months all you if you're looking at it from the side all you see is a big hole in the ground and nothing is getting built above it but they're building this gigantic foundation under the ground they're getting everything set so that finally when they're ready to come out of the ground it seems like a new floor is going up every week 
for my business was the exact same way. You know, 18 months took me forever to get to a certain number of subscribers, and it took forever to make my first X amount of money online. But after that, things got a little bit easier, and the stakes changed, and momentum, I think, is such a powerful thing. Uh, it applies to fitness, it applies to, to crossing things off your list, and it applies to building a business as well. You said that 80% of the fuel that you use to get out of the atmosphere is, uh, it's tough. Most people give up long before that. And I, I have to imagine a big part of the reason why Nerd Fitness was successful is despite those really slow, really slow first nine months, uh, I, I found something in those nine months to keep me going. Uh, but I also changed, like if you look at between like month nine and month 10, I changed how I wrote too. I had I keep had I continued to write the way that I had started writing, I don't think Nerd Fitness ever would have taken off the way that it did. But thanks to all of that writing, I learned what worked and what didn't, and I switched from writing short articles to really long, really in depth, well researched, full of nerdy metaphors and Lego photos. Um, started writing articles like that, which is what allowed Nerd Fitness to start taking off. So, for anybody that's listening that is getting started and struggling, like a big part of it is. Uh, uh, perseverance but it's like intelligent perseverance like you're not just doing the same thing and then wondering why a year later it, it's no different like it's a year of, of work two three four who, whoever knows how many years it could be um, but you're consistently trying new things and learning and improving and adapting and, and pivoting when those pivots require and that's what allows you to I think to get out of the atmosphere and get your rocket ship to I know the moon, or if you're Elon Musk, gets you over to Mars. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> big dreams, brother. Big dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, you know, I actually tell a lot of my clients and people that are listening on the podcast as well that it's about uh, experiments. Being a mad freaking scientist and just experimenting your way to that place where it's it's kind of like uh, calibrating your duck hunt gun <laughs> right your nintendo duck hunt gun so it's like just calibrating it you know you, you make an experiment uh, over here and over here on the right hand side and up here on up top and then you find you know that kind of thing that makes sense the it resonates with your viewers and your fans and you start to hone in you really start to laser focus in what is that thing that is uh, is going to work and then you've got a formula and then you stick to the formula you can kind of tweak it over time but it's really about knowing that within the first year, most of the stuff you put out is not going to be like it is five years down the track. And I love that you shared that story because I think that really puts in the context like, you know, that's exactly how it is in business and, and many areas of your life with working out and uh, relationships and everything. So, yeah, uh, experimentation is, is so clutch. And I think if you're an online, if you're a blogger, a writer, uh, creator in any way, that mental shift has been really helpful for me to disconnect myself from what I've created. I mean, just just this book alone, you know, Seth Godin said it best. He said, be judged or be ignored. And if you're going to create anything or put anything out there, you're absolutely going to be judged for it. From the clothes that you wear to the content that you create, like, I'm sure I'm going to have plenty of detractors that read my book and want to tell me why it why it won't work for them and understanding that like the worst thing you could probably do is try to write something for everybody and instead you need to write for the people that speak your language 
And that's why if you go to Nerd Fitness and click on the About page, we have what we call the Rules of the Rebellion. They're the 10 or 11 things that we stand for as a community. And we tell people, like, if you don't line up with these 10 or 11 things, thank you, but this probably isn't the community for you. There, there's probably one that's far better matched for you that's out there that, work, that will work better. And by doing that, those that it does speak to that do line up with all 10, 11 ideals, uh, it, it does make sense. But it, does, you know, it requires a thick skin when you get emails or messages from people that tell you that you're doing things incorrectly or they call you nasty names because it's the internet. Um, it's kind of funny to, to, to do those things and, and see how people respond in such a way. So when you're creating, when you're building, um, it's, uh, it's okay to look at things like an experiment and if things go wrong, it's not a personal reflection on you. It's that this particular experiment didn't work and it's a hypothesis that you tested. You then move on to the next one and it's totally fine. Uh, that's something I've, I've absolutely had to adapt and, and include in, in my business building, in my social interactions with people, in my personal health and fitness. I mean, it's ex- personal and self-experimentation is really the only way I think you're going to see true progress because everybody is different and everybody reacts to different uh, situations or stimuli or plans differently. So uh, I'm 100% on board with your message, Joel, that experimentation is the key to living a better life. So uh, good on you there, sir. For sure. Thank you, man. (laughs) So what would be the biggest myth around fitness that you've discovered? Hmm. Biggest myth around fitness. The thing that I think most people don't want to hear is that uh, your diet is 80 to 90% of the battle. And you go to any fitness website, any workout magazine, any fitness magazine, it's like the cover is some guy probably on performance enhancement drugs uh, or or a genetically perfect female. And it says something like, you know, the, you're the seven best six-pack ab exercises or whatever. And you see, it's so funny. Like, I'll see it every day in the gym. You see these people, like, literally torturing themselves in these ab machines with, like, these horribly pained looks on their faces trying to get themselves to get a flat stomach because that's what they've been taught. They've been taught you need to use this machine. You need to buy this ab coaster. You need to do whatever. Uh, you need to take this class in order to to see your stomach and the reality is like how you eat is 90% of the battle like if somebody came to me and said should i exercise or eat better i will tell them 100% of the time like i if if that's the only option i will hope that you do not exercise and you only focus on eating better we all have to eat right so instead of having to build a new habit about exercising you're just replacing a um replacing what you eat with healthier options. So uh, people don't want to hear it. They want to know that they can they gonna go run for half a mile and then eat eat a eat a dozen donuts and say like oh I'm healthy. It's like no, it doesn't work. You'd be much better off not running and then skipping the donuts. Nobody wants to hear that. They just want to follow the newest, latest, and greatest workout plan, and uh, and then they they get sad when they don't get results because they're not eating better. Uh, so diet is ninety percent of the battle, but Thanks to every fitness marketer out there, um, they that that information gets buried deep, deep, deep under under uh, ab machines and and diet pills and 
uh, and the latest and greatest secret workout plan designed by scientists or whatever the, whatever the ads are saying these days. So yeah, that's the biggest one in, in my opinion that needs to be fixed. Uh, thank you, Steve. Thanks for sharing that, man. I, I agree. You know, for me, uh, I've got the six pack and I don't really need to work for it. And I kind of feel sorry for people that don't have that, you know, genetic uh, advantage where they don't need to, uh, where they actually need to really work hard for it. Um, sure. So yeah, it is, it's misleading, man. When you see these, you know, magazine covers that say, you know, seven minute abs and so on, it's, nah, it's, it's very misleading. So thanks for uh, clearing <laughs> maybe, that up. <laughs> maybe seven minute abs if you spend those seven minutes cooking chicken and broccoli and only eating <laughs> that for the next six months. Uh, then yeah, sure. There you go. Seven minute abs. Have fun and be miserable. <laughs> but you know, that's the other thing. People don't want to put the time and energy and effort into what they're doing, and then they get upset when they don't get the results that they think they should get with that minimal amount of effort. Mm. Like it doesn't. Those books and those things are designed to sell magazines and and supplements. They're not designed to actually get you fit. Because if they did, then you wouldn't need those magazines anymore. So they just they just hit you with the next shiny object the next month and. You know, like my workouts these days, I do squats, deadlifts, pull-ups, push-ups, and then like some gymnastic holds, and like, and that's it. Um, it's a, uh, it's pretty challenge. It's it's pretty pretty boring. Unsurprisingly, it gets really great results, but you know, that's a lot tougher to market than the latest latest and greatest super secret top workout plan, whatever. Yeah, 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 and it's really challenging the muscles, isn't it? That's the key thing. Like if you if you're focusing just on exercise, then it's it's really challenging the muscles every time you go to the gym. Yeah, doing a little bit more than you did the day before, and getting a little bit stronger, doing one rep more, running one second faster. It's just tracking what you did yesterday. And then doing better today than you did the day before. Like if you could do that every day, a year from now you're going to be a completely different person. It's just people kind of don't think in that in that mind frame. They think in terms of, oh, I have two weeks until I get to go to the beach, or I have a wedding coming up next month. And they make these very short-term drastic changes instead of small permanent changes. And long-term small permanent changes win out a hundred times out of a hundred. But you know, that's that's tougher that's a tougher sell for marketers. And it's hopefully what Nerd Fitness has been helping people do is getting them to shift their mindset and understanding like this is not going to happen overnight. But it will happen and it will happen and you will stay permanently healthy instead of you know this yo-yo nonsense that most people do they go up and down and vacation not vacation diet not diet like it's that's it's exhausting and not good for you much better off just making small changes and sticking with them yes yes you got it man you got it so <laughs> what is a book that has changed the game for you yeah uh two one and i'm sure i'm sure you know everybody listening here uh, is familiar with but tim ferris's four hour work week uh, actually read the four-hour work week uh, while on a crappy lunch break back in 2007 and actually bought nerdfitness.com like two weeks later. Uh, it was his book that really inspired me to get started and, and had me start traveling and building, turning nerd fitness into this idea of a business. And then my second book is uh, Richard Branson's Losing My Virginity, which is his autobiography about how he built uh, how he built Virgin as a company. And the first book, Tim's book, encouraged me to start a business. And Richard's book encouraged me to think differently about what that business was and kind of shifted it from a lifestyle business now into a company that I'm truly trying to turn into something powerful that can operate long after I'm gone and 
really helps as many people as humanly possible and, and makes the world a better place. Oh, excellent, man. Have you had an opportunity to meet Tim? Yeah. Uh, I haven't. I, well, I, I've interviewed him on Nerd Fitness. I did an interview with him through uh, for his for his book, The Four Hour Chef, and uh, we have a number of mutual friends in in common. I uh, just haven't had the pleasure of being in the same place at the same time as him yet. Yeah, yeah. One day, man. Once your book comes out, I'm sure everything's going to take off for you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, and uh, it's it's kind of fun. Just you know, I feel like I really put my just kept my head down and built a business for seven years, and and since then it's been it's been pretty fun to connect with other great people doing really important things as well so uh hopefully those trends continue and i can continue to influence and reach new people and, and help new audiences and and like i said just you know try to make this world better than than it was yesterday to to steal my live better today than you did yesterday like hopefully the earth is better today than it was yesterday as a result of uh nerd fitness too yeah thank you for leading the way man i uh, appreciate you for being on this podcast when is your book coming out? What date? Yeah, yeah, it came out um, January twelfth, which I is. Uh, I think this is a perfect time of year now, for um, perfect time of year for people that are like, you know what, I'm finally ready to to do whatever. Everybody makes their New Year's resolutions, and most people have already given up on them by the end of January. So consider this book like a strategy guide for helping people do those things that they say every year they're gonna do and then they give up on. Like this book actually teaches you why that's a terrible way to go about it and provides you with a framework to actually make it happen. That's it, yeah. It's time to hit the reset and level up your life. <laughs> yes right, sir, it is. Now Steve, we always end the interview with this last question. And this question right. is, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Alrighty. My last 30 seconds, my only speech I can give, I would say, stop spending time on things that don't matter. Stop spending money on things that don't provide you with uh, lasting happiness. Put your time, energy, effort, and money into things that make you feel alive, into things that help other people, and things that help you grow as a person. I want you to wake up happy and excited about what you're doing today, and I want you to go to bed proud about what you've done. And uh, you know, find a way to do something every day that makes you a little bit better than you did the day before. And lastly, find a way to do something today that reminds you that you're freaking alive, and that's a damn good place to be. Mm -hmm.